Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Facig. This podcast is brought to you by Paleo Works. It's a locally owned meal prep kitchen with a passion for paleo. They make it easy for people to have the nutrition they need when they need it. They deliver weekly menus of heat and eat paleo meals, athlete recovery meals, and bulk macro items for those of you counting macros, as well as a variety of side items that can be added to your order. Their meals feature 100% grass-fed, all-natural and hormone-free chicken, beef, and pork. They have pickup locations all over the place to make it easy for you to pick up your meals, and they also have delivery options around Nashville area for a small fee. Paleo Works wants to make nutrition the easiest part of your day. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Go check out the uh, website at barbell-voodoo.com for all your awesome apparel needs. And also check out Barbell Voodoo Private Label. We just want to be a part of anything you're doing and anything you need printed. That's the place to have it done. In the meantime, enjoy the podcast. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. This is episode 66, and it once again is a standalone episode uh, in between our regularly scheduled programming. Um, And so today, uh, it's beginning of March, and we're getting close to spring break season. And so I thought I would take a little bit and talk about travel, and talk about the kind of things that, uh, at least in my life, have gone on around traveling. Um... One of which is I found that that traveling for me um, is super uncomfortable, super uh, awkward kind of thing. Um, Just being a large human in small spaces is not the most ideal situation. Um, there's, there's seatbelt issues. There's going places that are warm issues because you have to shed clothes and you're like, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, what if people are like, are you wearing a sweater? And you're like, no, I'm just hairy. And then that gets awkward. Um, there's, checking the weight limit on everything you encounter when you travel just to make sure that you're not that guy who ends up breaking something or, you know, killing a bunch of kids on a ride, you know, things you got to live with. And, you know, there's overpacking on trips because, um, for large humans, you can't just like buy clothes anywhere. You know, you can't just find them in like gift stops and stuff like that. You actually kind of have to look at specialty stores and those aren't just, everywhere and easily accessible. Now, the Walmart um, obviously has bigger sizes now these days, and um, it's a lot easier to find them, but it's a tough to, it's a tough deal to travel. It's not, not an easy thing. And uh, for people who are super insecure about uh, what they look like and how much room they take up in this world, um, it's a super difficult thing. So I thought today I'd, I'd kind of bring back... Um, this uh, series that I wrote about, um, talking about riding on a plane. And so, um, it's probably one of the most traumatic things, um, for me over the years of when I was a larger human, um, to ride on a plane. And nowadays I almost feel almost comfortable with it. Um, there's a certain freedom that I now find in it, which is crazy to me because there was such a long time in my life. Well, I mean, the majority, way majority of my life that um, 
I would get nervous as crap. I mean, it would scare the heck out of me. So here's some uh, things you can think about. Um, when when you next time you're you're in a plane and you see a large human walk on and they're sweating, it's not because they're hot; it's because they're freaking out. So uh, in a few weeks, uh, or, or over the next few weeks, you might be traveling. You might experience this. So a lot of times when you bring up the idea, like, "Hey, I'm going on a plane ride," people are like, "Oh, that's so exciting! Where are you going?" And I have to look at him and go, you know, it's it's actually not exciting. It's not exciting at all. I hate flying. Do I fly? Yes. Do I hate it? Yes. There are two reasons that I hate to fly. Uh, first is the memory of flying as a kid and vomiting everywhere. We were we were landing and the plane got a little jumpy on the descent, and for whatever reason, I puked all over the aisle. And I actually think some hit the lady's shoe uh, next to me, like across the aisle from me. It was terrible. It was just a terrible experience. And obviously something that marked me uh, for the worse. Uh, The second reason that I hate to fly is that um, I'm a large human. And from the moment I walk onto the plane, I am completely aware of how large I am. I can't stand up on a plane. I'm 6'5", so you, you can't fully stand up ever. Um, and then the seats are tiny, maybe, maybe some people say normal size, um, but the feeling of largeness wrecks me emotionally on these planes. There was a time in my life where I needed a seatbelt extension, and I mean, d- did you actually know any of those existed? Did you know that you could actually get seatbelt extensions on planes? There was even uh, something recently I saw um, where some airlines were starting to charge like double seats for larger people because they would encroach on other other seats beside them. So, um, they're these, but the, the seatbelt extensions are these little seatbelts that they use to demonstrate the seatbelts on a plane. And you can actually connect them to the seatbelts on the seats um, and make them be an extension for you. Um, the, you know, the biggest part is asking for one. It's so embarrassing. Um, trying to ask for one in a crowded plane. So here's the deal. All the good-looking people, skinny people, see a large human come onto the plane, and they hope and pray to God that they don't have to sit next to you. It's one of those times where everyone suddenly has faith and prays for deliverance from this impossible large human that they've encountered. Think of, think of the movies that have used this scene like a horror. Um, we, large humans, are more than aware of the reality, and the news flash is... We hate it too. We don't like it any more than you do. We don't like sitting by you any more than you like sitting with us. We hate having to squeeze into those seats and and those armrests, otherwise known as hip squeezers or people dividers. They move themselves deeper and deeper into your body throughout the trip. It's the worst. So picture this. If I'm in a window seat, I'm wedged into the seat sideways but also from front to back because I'm 6'5". Being against the wall, I have to lean away from the window because the ceiling arch, um, which my head can't stand up straight in. Aisle seats aren't much better because you get hit by the drink cart over and over again. And I gotta tell you, those things hurt. Remember those cartoons where there's like a, a large animal or human is sitting in the tiny car 
and it's only like feet and hands are actually in the car. Well, that's what I feel like on a plane. I'm intentional about being a little funny about it, but it's all true. When I fly, I have great anxiety build up within me concerning vomit and being a terrible encroacher for everyone around me. I start getting worked up weeks in advance, and it all, all it does is build up within me. Once I arrive at the airport, I start sweating and don't stop until hours after we've landed. It's ridiculous. Once I got lucky enough to have an exit row, and the flight attendant came up, and they, as they always do, and ask if you could help evacuate the plane if that need arose, I was like, if the need arrives, opening the door is the least of my concerns. Awkward moment. Lady just looked at me, really puzzled, and I just smiled. What I'm trying to learn, what I'm trying to learn, is that fear and anxiety management. I'm trying to trying to figure out how to how to manage those two things, and so I pray a lot. I also hope that I'm able to sit next to friends who love me enough to not hate their lives for having to sit next to me. Of course, those are kind of short term goals. Uh, one day, as as I am now, maybe I'll fit into an airplane seat, at least on the sides. Still, front to back, knees get beat up with the chair in front of me, and still can't next, sit next to a window because I have to sit with my head cocked to the side the whole time, which is terrible. So, fair warning, if you're a skinny person on a plane and you see a large human boarding and coming near you, be nice. We're about one comment away from going postal from anxiety, so be careful. There comes a point in each of our lives where we have to move. We can't just stay where we are. We have to do something. This point can be extremely painful and stress-filled. Sometimes the decision itself is much harder than the actions which are required for the decision. What is it about the unknown and elusive variables that freak us out? Decisions must be made. When it comes down to travel, I've, I've had to fly often. I mean, who wants to drive to California, right? Or in the next, uh, when, I, when I was writing this blog, I was, I was traveling on my way to Orlando, Florida. And well, that would be a terribly long drive. But at some point, we all come to these various times in our journey where we have to accept our reality and decide to move forward despite it all. After all, I can't expect the world to be different for me and allow the world to be everything I need it to be. Either scenario is pure selfish fear and our desperate need to try to control something which we feel is out of control. So here's, here's some ideas about moving forward. One, I, I have to define my reality. I'm 6'5". I'm a large human with size 15 feet. None of this can change in by the next week. None of this is going to change by the time I sit on a plane, if it's in the near future. The plane seats are small. I can't change the seats in the plane. I fear throwing up. That's my nerves. I can't change those right now. I will be touching other humans while I fly. <laughs> can't change that either right now. This is all my reality. And so, these things are not who I am. These reality situations do not necessarily define me, but they are currently who I am. They don't define me long-term, 
nor do they make me less than other people. I will be uncomfortable during the flight, period. Well, once you accept your reality, we got to decide to move forward. Do I want to quit? No. Do I want to skip this trip and miss out on all the fun that could be happening? No. Am I going to walk or drive there instead? Nope. Do I want to stay in my current reality? No. Then I must move forward. In this moment, I am close to doing something different. I mentally get to that something needs to change, but what? In these moments, we can do one of two things. First, we can sink into a deep, dark place and eat our feelings, which are currently amplified, isolate ourselves, and sink into a worthless feeling state of depression. Or, second, we can decide to experience life and move forward. One is easy, and one is very difficult. We know we have to move, but will it be forward or backward? And I hope we all choose forward. Face the fear head on and see what happens. I've been learning that a lot, all the time actually, in CrossFit. There are so many times I want to quit because I have that small voice inside me telling me that I'm going to die or that I can't do something. In those moments, I can quit or push forward. I've been pushing forward. And you know what I've found out? I'm not going to die. And my experience becomes one of victory over my past experiences of doubt. So, we just keep stepping forward. Do we quit? Or do we face it? Do we fight or flight? And I hope we fight. Plan how you're going to move forward. Once you've accepted your reality, you decided to move, plan on moving forward. Today, maybe you can make a meal plan for your trip. Order your food in advance. Get ready to go. Looking at the flight and when it need to be there and when it need to be where, instead of ignoring it, actually plan through it. I'll be with a, a crew and I will sit with my fearful butt down and face that dang plane. I know what I'm doing and where I'm going. I'll try to sit next to a skinny friend so I, so they and have them hold me. Okay, maybe not, but that's actually a really good tactic um, for large humans. Just get really skinny friends, and then it doesn't matter how much room you take up. But that's a whole other conversation. Just like in times of the past... I will fly, and I will be fine. I will survive the experience. Sure, it's not going to be the best part of the trip, but I will get through it, and I won't die. Well, unless the plane crashes, then I might die. Anyways, last thing. Execute your plan. Once you come up with the plan, you got to execute the plan. And here's the last hang-up that could happen. I allow myself to freak out and change my plan at the last minute sometimes. Don't do it. Sure. Learn from whatever happens, but stick to the plan. Because here's the deal. When I make a plan, I'm usually in a much clearer space mentally. So most likely, I'm not as stressed with extreme fear and anxiety. I might not be completely absent of fear and anxiety, but it will be far less than in the heat of the moment. Trust yourself and follow the plan. I've consulted people whom I allow to help me and whom I trust. I've made my plan. Now let's fly. Don't forget to keep going and move forward. What happens in that experience sometimes is that I show up to the airport, work my plan, I flew on the plane, 
and it was just like any other time that I've flown. I showed up with deep breaths, trying not to become over-anxious, and took steps forward. I planned to be at the airport around a certain time, and I did it. I planned and, and mentally walked through what it would be like to go through customs, and it all went as planned. All my food was packed and checked, and I, it survived. I got a small human friend to sit with me. I could not have planned, executed my plan, and could not have been more successful in my plan, just as I planned. Can we say plan? Did I use that word, plan, enough? Seems to be an important word, maybe. So just because I made the decision to move forward through my fears doesn't mean that everything became smooth sailing. In fact, each step forward through the plan was tough. The world does not change because I make one choice to be different. The moment I show up to the airport, I took my time to work my plan. But every step was a new decision, a tough step, a choice to allow fear and anxiety to overpower me or to take a few deep breaths and take another step. For instance, I struggle with food. It's clear to all the people who have worked out with me for the last two and a half years of CrossFit, they've seen me lose and gain, lose and gain, lose and gain. Every day I have to choose to follow my plan. Every day I have to choose to be prepared and to do the work it takes to be prepared. Every night I have to think through my plan for the next day. It's not easy. It's tough and push beyond. It's those last two months it hasn't gotten easy. It's 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 gotten a little well, sorry. It sometimes gets a little easier, but it's never easy. That's what I'm trying to say. Flying has gotten easier for me, but it's still not easy. Despite my experience and my planning, I still hit walls of fear and anxiety. As I walk off the plane this week, I was relieved and celebrated that I continued to move forward despite my fear and anxiety. Choosing to take the second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth step was tough. The plane was a win, and I learned a victory. I refused to stop in the next, before the, at the next step. I planned, I kept stepping forward, and I kept going. Funny thing happened when I was writing these blogs. Um, it ended up not being about flying at all. It ended up being in an unexpected place of brutal honesty and introspection that I haven't had in my blog yet. I ended up changing the title, and it'll be posted uh, later on. But, of course... There are lessons that I learned to apply from traveling, from this flying experience, which bring up fear and anxiety. It works, and I've survived, and maybe even thrived through the experiences, which I think today, you know, years later, um, after writing this blog, that the crippling fear that I have, the majority of people around me don't don't have it. They don't even see it. They don't care. They're not interested being a large human, it feels like everyone is concerned about you, mainly encroaching on them. But I found in reality, most people don't give you know two shits about you. Most people aren't even noticing you um, unless you're walking towards them on a plane and everybody notices you. Um, so here's the deal about travel that I wanted to share. Um, and fear and anxiety, number one, fear and anxiety can and will cripple you if you let it. 
If you allow your fears and anxiety to, to rule the day, they will take you deeper and deeper down that, 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 that tunnel and it will become your reality. Don't do that. Number two, define and accept your reality. The things you can't change. Look around you. What are the things you cannot change right now that are not going to be changed today? When you define those, accept those, say this is just the way things are today, not forever, but today, and I can't do anything about that. Number three, decide to move through the fear, not just around it. Go through it. The thing about fear is you can sidestep it. You can work around it. But that doesn't dissolve the fear. That doesn't beat the fear. That doesn't move beyond the fear. All it does is move it to another later time, and it grows in strength the more you don't deal with it. And so when fear comes your way, when you're staring fear in the face, go through it. Number four, make a plan in advance and stick to it. You know, I'm a big plan guy. If I don't plan, I fail. I, I worked uh, for uh, one, of, one of my bosses um, in my past would say, uh, failure to plan is a plan to fail. And that, that always stuck with me. He'd say that all the time. Um, and talk, you know, whether he was talking about me or talking about other people in, in, the, in the office. But uh, it was, you know, no plan is a plan to fail. And when we fail to plan, we plan to fail. So make a plan in advance and stick to it. Remember, your mind is probably a lot more clear when you made the plan and you did it for a reason. So stick to the plan, even if you can't remember the reason when it gets to be the heat of the moment. Number five, execute your plan. Alter your plan after you've made it through, not during. So if you've made it through a plan, the plan didn't work out or something wasn't right, alter the plan after you have completed the task or the thing that you have feared. Don't do it in the moment. Just wait till later, review and adjust and be different next time. Be better next time. And the last thing, the sixth thing, keep stepping forward. Don't allow hiccups or problems to derail you. Don't stop learning from your experiences. Know that it will, you will make it through it if you keep stepping forward. After all, what I say all the time, keep going. But all these fears and anxieties can be absolutely crippling. I know in most of my life, um, they have um, killed experiences for me. I remember one of the, one of the ones, uh, biggest ones for me, which is probably still, I would most certainly say it was it was a regret. But going on our honeymoon, we went to a beautiful place, uh, Atlantis in the Bahamas. And um, man, I, I just, my fear and anxiety was so much of, I was so uncomfortable with who I am, so uncomfortable with the way I looked in this beautiful place. I didn't want to engage in any of it. I was scared of it. I was worried about it. Um, and so I feel like I, I robbed my wife of a great experience um, because I was so scared of what might happen or what people might think or how I'll look when I do it. If I look a fool, I don't want to look a fool and, and, and do this. And it was, uh, it was an interesting time. And it was, uh, it was one of those things that my weight and my uh, uh, self-worth and, and my fear and anxiety just ruled me. And it robbed me of experiences in my life. And maybe you have that today. Maybe in your life you're experiencing things and, and maybe it has to do with travel. 
and this upcoming spring break is kind of freaking you out because um, there's so much fear and anxiety wrapped up around it. There's so many things that you're going, but what if, but what if, and if I do this, and then what happens if that happens, and then, you know, I'll just look like an idiot out there, and oh, man, and you just start going down that rabbit hole of terror. Well, I hope these things help. I hope that you won't allow fear and anxiety to cripple you. I hope you can just define your reality around you and accept it and decide to move through the fear, not going around it, but through it. So make a plan, execute that plan, and by all means, always and everywhere, keep going. We'll take a quick break and be right back today. We're going to finish up our second half and talk about the Open so far in 19.1 and 19.2. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by NutriShop Franklin. Go on by NutriShop Franklin for all your personal needs. You need supplements? They got it. You need your protein? They got it. You need to pick me up? You need to drink a bang? They got it. So go check them out in Franklin in the Cool Springs area. When you stop in and you see Kyle, say, hey, Jacob said you got some good stuff here. I'll tell you, you won't be disappointed because they have unrivaled customer service. So go check them out. And tell them you heard about them and the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. All right, welcome back. So here's the deal. You know, the Open has been uh, shrouded in all these rumors and all these people that are kind of reading tea leaves and trying to figure out things. There's been a fairly significant group of people that are not doing the Open, the numbers, um, seem to have gone back a couple of years in terms of participation. And there's a lot of people speculating about that. There's a lot of people talking about it and going, oh, my gosh, CrossFit is doomed. There's people that are saying, oh, no, CrossFit is just changing and just hold on and um, thing after thing. And if you go back and, and listen to the podcast, I, I did a thing last time about the Open. Um, to, to me, it's different. You know, the, the Open is significant um, for more than just the games. It, it's it's more significant for what happens in our local boxes. It's more important and significant in terms of what happens to the individual athlete as they're competing within their local boxes um, in this worldwide competition called the Open. And um, it's interesting. Like this year um, is my uh, fourth or fifth uh, CrossFit Open, I think. And um, I, I've enjoyed them from the beginning. I, I think they're great. I love competition anyways. Uh, I like being able to be challenged to try something new, to be going against people all over the world in my age group and um, in the United States and in my box and all those kind of things. And I think it's just an incredible experience. This year, um, my approach has been if I can do the movement, no matter how well, you know, how proficient I am at the movement, that doesn't matter. But um, if I can do the movement, then I'm going to RX it. So if things come up like a ring muscle up or a bar muscle ups um, or handstand push ups, like I'm out. But, uh, you know, the majority of a lot of other things um, I'm going to be in the game at. And I'm going to try my best. And so uh, 19.1 came and went that was I thought that was going to be my jam I thought that was going to rip that one apart um it was the rowing and the wall balls um 15 minute am rap um 
And it was a challenge. I came out hot and I was through four rounds before I knew it and had plenty of time left. And I was like, this is going to be great. I'm going to get eight or nine rounds easy. And uh, within that fourth round, I smacked up against the wall. Not not physically, not, not in reality, but metaphorically. Um, I don't know what happened, but something um, died in me. Um, and I, in turn, was ready to die. And so my, my thought process, I remember like getting back on the rower and going, okay, when can I redo this? Because I know I'm better than this. I know I can do better than this. Um, and I was trying to go through my calendar, and I was like, is anybody going to notice if I just fall off this thing and die slash quit right now? Like, can I save face and still quit and I couldn't think of a good reason for that. So I couldn't think of a calendar. I couldn't think of a way to quit without doing it. So I just kept going. And that, that kept going got slower and slower and slower. And, you know, I still uh, had, had, a, had a decent showing in it. Um, I feel like um, it was acceptable, but I still left just going, gosh, I expected so much more of me. I, I know that I have more, especially with that workout, um, more than I could have contributed, more than I could have brought to the table and been competitive with. Um, and so the first week, you know, it, it went um, great. It, it was a good one. Um, it, it was challenging. It uh, brought back in, for me, reality. Um, it, it learned, you know, despite how far I've come in my CrossFit experience, I'm still, uh, not anywhere close, you know, <laughs> I've still got two little things that I would say I'm pretty good at that, uh, wreck me, you know, and God love CrossFit. That's what it's for. And then, uh, 19.2, so 19.2, uh, we just finished up and, um, or some of you, I guess are finishing up when this, the day it comes out, it'll, uh, your scores are due, uh, by the end of that Monday, um, when this comes out and, you know, it was a challenge, uh, toes to bar. It, it began with toes to bar. And then we had some double unders and some cleans that, um, went down in reps, but also went up in weight as you went on. And so it was another one of those cool ones where, uh, you start out with a time you had two rounds at the beginning, you had eight minutes. And then if you finish those two rounds before that eight minutes, you got an extra four minutes. And so if, as long as you kept in front of that four minutes that you kept gaining, then you got to keep progressing and keep going. Um, so it was a really, uh, a really great challenging one. It's, it's a good one to watch. Um, there's, there's some of these that, um, like the, the wall balls and the rower, not a, entirely exciting to watch. Um, but this one, you know, with the toes to bar and the double unders and the cleans, um, it's just fun to watch. It's fun to see people get challenged. It's, it's interesting to hear athletes that go, man, I don't even know. That's like, that's, that's my one rep max, you know, what that's going to end up with. And you, you know, you go, well, let's just see what happens. Let's just go hard and see what happens. And they get to that and they end up, you know, repping out a couple, a couple at their, at their max. And you're like, okay, that's no longer your max because you just repped out a few of those. Um, and you did an incredible job. And you see people whose faces had these low expectations coming in. This is one of those workouts, you know, 19.2 is one of those where you come into it with maybe, you know, considerable low expectations, but find out you're capable of much more than you thought possible. And I think that's awesome to have in the context of, of your CrossFit box as well. But um, for me personally, in 19.2, um, the toes to bar, um, toes to bar, I can do, you know, maybe 10, 10 is good for me. Um, anything more than that is going to be problematic and take forever. 
Um, and so I was worried about the toes to bar and my, my goal ultimately was get to the first set of cleans, um, which when I told my judge, uh, she was like, Oh gosh, come on, you're going to have no problem getting to the cleans. And I was like, you don't even know about my toes to bar. Um, I just got them recently and actually I still smile when my toes hit the bar. Like it's still an exciting new thing for me. Um, and so, you know, it's just, you know, large human doing parlor tricks anyways. And so, uh, 19.2 came and I ended up running on that one and, um, didn't get past the toes to bar. got 24 out of the 25, (laughs) eight minutes of struggling to do toes to bar. Uh, the first 10 came pretty good. And then from that point on, it was all downhill. A lot of misses, a lot of like tons of ones where like your feet, your toes are like an inch or two away from the bar and you're like, come on, you know, and you get so angry. Um, but it, it honestly challenges me to be better next time to work on that, um, to continue to progress because last time I did this workout, um, in what, 2016, I think it, it was the repeat from, and I'm just going off the top of my head. So if I'm wrong, you know, don't email me. Um, it's not that important, but, um, I remember doing this, I did this scale last time and I finished, um, before the time cap and, um, I think pretty, pretty handily before it. Um, it felt great and felt like I won the world. And so like, once you do that, like there's no going back, you can't go back and repeat something you've already completed and scaled. Like, I I don't know. I think there's something about that. It's like when you win a scaled competition, you kind of have to go to RX then. And, um, and so, you know, I, I chipped away at the toes to bar as best I could. I ripped my hand open. Um, so I, there was no repeat. There was no like, man, I come on, I can do better even though I feel like I want to do it. And so I think that some of these are going to have to come up in my own personal programming, uh, later on in the year, just to be like, come on, you, you know, you can do better than that. Um, but that's the thing about the open, you know, all, all bets are off in the open. And if you, if you don't participate in it, you don't, you don't get the magic of it. Cause there is magic in there. There's, there's amazing things that happen and people do stuff they never dreamed possible. And, um, you end up challenging yourself and you find out that, you know, the devastating effects of workouts that you feel like shouldn't be that bad that end up being terrible. And just the whole thing that comes around in the most beautiful part in the open. And if, and if you're not doing it, show up to your box and watch it is what happens while people are working out how your whole community gathers around them and just cheers and cheers and cheers. One of the guys that was working out, um, at our Friday night lights, uh, he was, he was in the scaled and he was going and he was going to make it through the whole thing. And so by that time, there's no other athletes at that point going. And the entire room had moved over to his corner just to cheer him on and watch what he was doing. And it created this magical moment, not only for our our entire gym, but for him and his life, that he realized that this CrossFit thing, that this workout, that this CrossFit is way, way more than just a health program or a gym. It's actually a community that gathers around you and says, do it. You can do it. Keep going. Don't you dare stop. Pick that bar up. Let's go, you know, and it's this amazing thing that happens and you miss it. If you get caught up in what's going on with CrossFit HQ and what's going on with the big wigs and who's getting laid off and who's getting fired. I know those are real people and I know that people have connections with them. But don't belittle the magic of the open 
in the midst of it. Lean into it. See what's going to happen. And hey, for everybody out there, good luck on 19.3 this week. Go out and surprise yourself with what you can do. And hey, have fun. We'll see you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to the Barbell Voodoo Podcast. On your way out, please take time to subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star review if you've liked what you've heard. And also, leave us a comment. Let us know what's going on with you. If you don't mind, stop on Instagram. Give us a little like on the IG at Barbell Voodoo Podcast. Also, you can find me there at fitby40.blog. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.